How's it, Mzanzi? Welcome to Farmers Inside Track. This is episode 279. I'm your host, Donumdu. Despite growing up on a farm, Ika Krunia's path didn't initially lead her back to agriculture. Fate, however, had other plans for her. And today she finds herself thriving in the world of hydroponic ginger cultivation. Farming has become an unexpected passion for Ika. And in this episode, she talks more about her love for farming and her thriving agribusiness. Ika, welcome to Farmers Inside Track. We've featured you before when you were part of Soil Sisters. It was such a pleasure to hear part of your story. And today I get to sit across from you <laughs> and talk to you and see your beautiful smile and listen to more about, you know, what your farming journey has been like, the challenges, the positive, you know, aspects, what you enjoy most about it. But just more about you, where did it all start? As I've mentioned in my article before, we started, actually after school, my, I went to uh, my husband's dad passed away and he had to take over the business. So I went to go and live with him for a while and we lost a big contract where we were working and moved to our family plot uh, next to Abyssini Dam. And we were working on my husband's business and we had this old nursery that my mom and dad put up like this old structure net house that they kept strange silicias and moringa trees and stuff like that in and a friend of mine started farming peppers and he ordered too many seedlings instead of it going to waste i said now bring it here we'll just plant it in this old nursery so within two weeks time we completely converted that old nursery into a planting space for peppers so that's how i started it was a very small maybe a 20 by 30 net house of peppers and it went well the first season, so we started expanding and I built another quarter hectare net house and planted again. And we eventually ventured into hydroponics because we've got a very small planting space and you know you can't replant in the same soil with the same crops. So at first we diversified a bit, did some beans, did some spinach and cabbage and just to keep the soil health going but eventually we ran out of space so we ventured into hydroponics and started with peppers and tomatoes. Our area is not very suitable so we've got a saying the in our area if you want to stop farming you plant tomatoes. <laughs> it's a very very difficult crop to grow yeah. especially in, in, in uh, not the right climate so mm. we it didn't do very well but luckily before as we started with hydroponics we started doing ginger just to test it out. So this was even before the COVID high of ginger prices selling. It did extremely well. The next year we planted a bit bigger. And the following year we just converted everything into ginger and turmeric. But it's been challenging getting the correct information. So ginger is a very specified market and the farmers are very selfish with information. And it's mostly white male farmers. I eventually met up with another Guy, the only other guy in South Africa I know about that also grows ginger hydroponically. I went to visit him, got some information, and he actually last week came to visit me to come and get new information from me again. So it's nice to have some collaboration with someone in the same field of doing exactly what I do. It's a difficult to do something brand new that you can't learn from anyone because everyone plants ginger in the soil. So YouTube was my best friend. I learned everything from YouTube and especially India. That's where I got most of my hydroponic information. 
It's very interesting that you say that the people were very closed off with sharing information because some have a different experience. They're like, oh, well, farmers help me all the time. But I think because you've chosen such a niche, maybe commodity, they saw you as a competitor and they didn't want you to thrive. Do you definitely think that that was the feeling that you got? did feel that way because gingers are very, I don't know, if you, if you oversupply the market, the price drops extremely and it's, it's a very expensive crop to grow. Mm. So I think people were afraid of prices changing, especially after they had this COVID high and then the, after the COVID, the heavy COVID low, mm. after the market supply was, uh, was oversupplied, the market was oversupplied. So I think they, they didn't really want any additional people in. But even this guy in Cape Town that also grows ginger hydroponically, he's had the same experience with ginger farmers specifically. If you go and ask a tomato or a pepper farmer, they would be open, you know, come and look, have a look. I haven't had any problems with that. But yeah, you make your way and you get specialists to support you, fertilizer specialists, chemical specialists, hydroponic specialists. So you've just got to source out the correct information. So you're the only woman farmer growing ginger hydroponically in the country that you know of? That I know of, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. that's pretty impressive, because it's yeah. so cool. Hydroponics is such a very interesting new trend, I would say. Everyone's kind of wanting to shift and, you know, urban farmers using up spaces mm. on rooftops. Do you think that there's enough funding that's going towards it, support, you know, from financial institutions? Because I've also had conversations with other farmers, Zandile Komalo being one of them, saying, listen here, the banks don't want to touch us because there's no security in it. Mm. Especially when it comes to the issues around load shedding, all of those you know, aspects to it. Do you think that you've had the same experience? I'm extremely lucky that my parents are involved and my parents are funding the, mm. the, the whole farming operation. So they're investing. I'm extremely lucky. There's very few people who've got that um, advantage. But I haven't myself had to do with any banks or, or funding, but I do find that there's a large shift towards sustainable farming mm. because people are over-farming the soils. Climate change is going to give us a big knock, mm. and if they don't start changing the system and the ways they grow now, they're not going to succeed. It's mm. going to fall within a few years. Just this year we had freak hail storms at Rietrichard, we've had winter rain which we're not used to. Mm. So that all affects the way you farm, it affects the health of your plants, the way your plants grow. Especially for vegetable, I don't see that people can sustain planting in the soil for much longer. It needs to change. Mm. And I do not feel that there's enough regarding hydroponics, you know, how to farm. Me starting up for myself, you know, you, you can see all these videos and you can uh, get all the information on the internet, but the actual practical see doing of the daily operations, things like you've got to measure your pH and your EC on a daily basis in each block, stuff like that. If you don't know that from the get-go, you're going to have a horrible first season. Heavy school fees at that <laughs> It's not, I mean, it's a massive investment and, and with the power, as I've said, I'm very lucky I've got the funding. We were able to get a backup generator and later on install solar. Mm. So without the power, I mean, hydroponics is not like a soil-based plant that you can put it in the soil and it has that buffer of getting moisture from the soil. Mm. Your medium that you're growing needs constant watering. Exactly. It's constant. You cannot skip four hours if there's a stage of what, whatever load shedding. Your plants will die. 
Now, just on that, do you think that you would have chosen any other avenue if not hydroponics? Are there any other commodities that piques your curiosity that you kind of want to step into moving forward? How do you want to diversify from here? Yeah, we do want to diversify, but I've learned before that if you have too many things on your plate, you're not going to do anything successfully. So we're on our first full season of ginger now. And after the second season, I'll start looking at, you know, diversifying a bit in something else. Also, hydroponically, we are looking into aquaponics. That's also, you've got the fish and you've got less fertilizer cost, but the input's high and your management needs to be meticulous Mm -hmm. on that because it's a very sensitive system. And then just, I can't talk to you without talking about the hashtag Soil Sisters. Yesterday in the crowd, everyone was like, Soil Sisters! And so it was really awesome to like see the spirit and have everyone like be together. What is the program that you've done through the Gibbs actually given you as part of your process as a farmer and a woman farmer specifically and this network that you've now, you know, kind of been part of for this time? It's amazing to walk into a room and someone sees your face and they run to you and come and greet you. Like they understand exactly what you're going through. They understand the difficulties. We can all form own bubble to support each other. And in our group, I think we can, you can find anyone for advice. Like there's such a diversity of information, which is spectacular to have a network like that. I mean, you wouldn't get that just by networking here and there at a convention or so. So it's like, a, I think it's more or less like when you go to college, you know, you've got the, and people go to the hostel and they've got these yearly groups. It's more or less that support that you get. Mm-hmm. And it's opened, obviously, I mean, the information we got regarding business management, regarding leadership skills, mm-hmm. opening your horizons a bit and giving you an insight into what you can achieve. Mm-hmm. What you're very unsure and very close-minded if you, do, if you don't get exposed to things like this. You would never know the opportunities out there. And now that your brain is a bit more conditioned to look for opportunities because of this program, it gets easier. It gets easier to go forward. I usually like to ask this question to my guests. is like, what message would you leave to yourself from, say, five years ago? I think a lot has changed for you over the past five years. Like if you look back now, if you say to Ika from like five years ago, listen here, this is what you should have thought about, what would that be? And then in part, I'm also going to ask you to like send a message to yourself like in 10 years time. If we're both sort of like around and in contact, I'll send it to you. (laughs) But like just those two key messages just for yourself. If I could go back, I would probably tell myself to educate yourself more. Don't rely on other people's information. Get your own research, research and more research. And probably to have a bit more grit. (laughs) (laughs) If I had it back then, maybe I would have progressed a bit further by now. And for my future self, I would say, go big or go home. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, I want to thank you for being here with me on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, And then I can't not ask you to give like a message to the young Mzanzi farmers out there listening to this episode. I've just told my parents on the way here, there's this one friend of them that came to visit and advised me once when I was planting peppers and he said, the best fertilizer you can give your plants is your feet in the field. Be on top of your operations. You can't expect a successful business if you're not involved in the aspects of every decision and systems. And 
it truly takes grit. You need to, you need to see it through, and it's going to become very hard at some time. At times, it's unpredictable. You've got the grit for it, and you've got some passion, and you love what you do. Just knock on every single door, and do not take no for an answer. It's <laughs> simple as that. What an absolute pleasure to have you join us here on Farmers Inside Track Ekakrenia, hydroponic ginger farmer. You can, of course, read more on her farming journey by visiting www.foodformzanzi.co.za. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. From me, Donumdu, our technical producer, Megan van der Fent, and the rest of the hashtag Team Foodformzanzi, thank you so much for listening. Bye for now. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food Form Zanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.